Welcome to the Prosperity Podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to drop the hustle and earn more. I'm your host, Danielle Amos, business and success coach, certified Proctor Gallagher Institute consultant and lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you amazing entrepreneurs who have built wealth, harnessing the power of their mind. Prosperity and money are truly about energy, and I'm on a mission to help you create financial abundance through the power of thought. It's time we started normalizing conversations about money and create the wealth that is yours. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome to episode 186 of The Prosperity Practice, the podcast that has you living your most abundant life. My name is Danielle Amos, and I am your host. Today, I'm going to take you back to 2008. What many of you might not know about me is that I come from a career in food, hospitality, and specifically food tourism and product development. Back in 2008, I was working as a GM of a boutique hotel, restaurant, and bar in my hometown of Stratford. And I had went to the UK, to Abergavenny in Wales with my now husband, and stumbled across a food festival. And at that food festival, I... I was in awe. First of all, I love traveling for food. So food tourism was always in my blood. And when I stumbled across that food festival, I felt like I had been transported back to my hometown and I could see all this potential in my hometown for a similar celebration. It was in Abergavenny, Wales, and there was this food festival that took over the town, like literally every corner of the town was filled with tourists and locals. And it was a celebration of food being cooked on the streets, markets, cooking demonstrations, tastings. It was really incredible. So I had come back to my hometown and I walked into the tourism office and I said, I think that Stratford needs a food festival. And the boss of tourism Stratford at the time, he said, okay, great, go for it. And I had an idea. I was so excited. I could see it in my mind. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't in mindset work at the time. So I'm going to break it down. What happened so that you can get great value out of this because I didn't know what I was doing. I was an unconscious competent. So I had the idea And I had become obsessed with this idea. I could see it happening in my mind, this festival, and I knew that it needed to happen. And, but I had no idea how, but I just had this knowing that it would. And my desire for it was really, really strong. And my enthusiasm for the event, especially at the beginning, before anyone else believed was so magnetic that it had others believe that it was possible. So I want you to check in on your own goals right now and what you're currently up to. Are you obsessed with the idea of your goal being achieved? And can you clearly see it in your mind? Not getting stuck in the details of the how, but can you see the end picture? 
because I could definitely see the end picture. Now, I had experienced something similar. So it was my, not my creative imagination at work. It was my synthetic imagination at work. And Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich goes into the differences between your creative imagination is when you create something that is, you know, has never been done before and you, it's like an invention. Your synthetic imagination is taking something that already exists and enhancing it or making it different or better. So for example, the chair, someone uh, took a chair and created a love seat and put two chairs together and called it a love seat. So you see where I'm going? All right. So back in 2008, here I am, I walk into tourism and I tell, and I, you know, with this plan that Stratford needs this, not really thinking it would be me that executed it, executes it. I didn't go there looking for a job. I just went with an idea and thinking that they would hire someone to execute this. Well, they didn't, they said, go for it. And we've got your back. And I didn't have a budget. I didn't have any money to pull this off. I just knew that the tourism office would put like pay the invoices and then I had to make this financially viable. And so they kind of gave me the backing to do it. And this was March or February, it would be February, 2008. And my plan was to pull off this festival for September. And it was around the September 20th weekend. And so that wasn't very long. And as I started going out into the community and speaking to stakeholders, I got a lot of pushback. I got a lot of people who told me it wouldn't happen. I spoke to other organizers of other festivals that were happening in the community. And they said, oh, no, it's not like it's already, you know, now it's already March and you're expecting to pull this off by September. You need permits and you need tents and you need porta potties and like these things book up a year in advance. But I I didn't listen. I put earmuffs on and I continued to move forward, taking the action that I knew to take in order to get this festival going. And I continued to speak to people who were also excited. So my enthusiasm bred more enthusiasm. It was it I became a magnetic for or mag, magnet for other people who believed in this and I just surrounded myself with people who were also on board. And I knew that there were naysayers, but I I really put earmuffs on. So another thing, are you entertaining ideas of how something can't happen? Are you allowing yourself to listen to the naysayers or are you surrounding yourself with others who believe and who are holding you up? It's a choice. And I'll tell you that both exist always, no matter what you're up to. And it's your choice with who you speak to and who you surround yourself with. So this is your reminder to find those people who believe, who will become enthusiastic because you're enthusiastic. And if you're not completely enthusiastic, get enthusiastic, become obsessed with this goal that you're after and find others who are willing to create the vision with you and see the vision with you. And as a leader, 
it's gotta be your vision. Like if it's your goal, your mission, your purpose right now, you've got to have the strongest vision in the group. It's up to you to create it. It's always up to the leader. It's top down. So here I am going to work, never done this before, not knowing the how, bringing together stakeholders, taking the next step that I knew to take. And your question might be like, well, how did you know what to do? Well, I just followed the ideas that would come. I started mapping it out and going from the end goal and working backwards and asking myself what I needed and using my mind to create the picture of the finished product that I was developing in this case, a food festival. And from that finished product, I would rehearse the weekend in my mind over and over and over and really see the details of what this looks like. And then from there, I would write it out and, and find the things I needed. So hot tip number three, go from the end goal in your mind, go to the spot when your goal has already been achieved and whatever you are creating is done. So this might take some creativity on your part because perhaps it's um, a money goal that you're attracting. That's fine. Who are you servicing? What? Because money comes as a result of service, right? Money is a, a medium of exchange that we exchange because of service rendered. So what is the service that you're rendering? How are you impacting your clients. And if you're in a job, your client would be your boss. What is it that you're doing that provides the service in exchange for the money that you desire? This is really important. I want you to see yourself giving the service. Now, you might not know how to come from the goal achieve vision. Like, well, I'm not sure what I'll be doing because I'm not doing it yet. And this is where you've got to develop your program. This is where you've got to be open-minded to brainstorm and see potential ways that you can grow your service. Because in order to earn more money, you've got to give more service. You've got to do more before you're paid more. And when I say do more, this is also in your beingness. So I'm not talking about working longer hours. It's not about trading time for money. It's trading your effectiveness, your attitude, your beingness, your ideas, and upgrading those things rather than working longer. Instead, you're going to work smarter in a way that is way more beneficial to your clients or your boss and everyone in between. Next week, we're launching a program called the bottom line. I want to tell you about it here because this bottom line program is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to be showing you with examples from different industries on how you can increase your increase your service and meet the expectations of your ideal client and or your boss, like I said, if you're in a nine to five, really expanding your product or your program to meet the expectations of the person that you are providing the service to. 
most people continue to develop and, or continue to offer the same service over and over and over year after year, expecting an increase in revenue, but they haven't changed anything. They haven't upgraded what they are offering. And so why would you be paid more if you're doing the same? It's a definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So you've got to be different, think different, do different. And so I'm introducing the bottom line program for you because I'm actually bringing in my past food tourism work. Now, I ended up working in a career of food tourism product development for 15 years, and it uh, the skills that I developed there, working with individual businesses to multiply their revenue streams to enhance their product, I bring into this program, and I'll show you and help you how to uh, how to diversify how to multiply your sources of income so that you are meeting the expectations of your uh, of the person you're serving. And not only the person you're currently serving, but the person that you're growing into, your ideal client. Okay, so back to the, the food festival story. So it's 2008. I bring together stakeholders in the community and I pitch my idea and my vision of what it looks like in my hometown of Stratford to host a food festival. And I found my yes people. I found the people that could see the vision and would support me moving forward. And these people became key people in the community. They were stakeholders who were able to also share the vision. And there's a power of one. So one person gets it, shares enthusiastically with a group of people, and perhaps three people, three more people get it. And then three of those people share enthusiastically, and three of their people get it. And you can see the knock-on effect of enthusiastically sharing the vision and making sure the people that you share with also see it. Okay, so this is really important for anyone that's on your team. They've got to be yes people. They've got to also see the vision that you can and completely believe it. Anyone that doesn't believe it is weighing you down. Anyone that is a naysayer is weighing you down and you've got to release them. That's really important. So anyone on the team, on your team, anyone in in your close circle, as far as this project goes or your goal goes, let them go if they don't see it. Just don't share it with them, okay? Protect your vision. Protect it and share with only those people that can see it. So I'm working through the summer and at the same time, I still had my job as GM at that boutique hotel, restaurant and bar. And at one point I just realized, okay, if this is actually going to happen, I'm going to need to really, really focus on the one thing. And I end up giving my notice at the restaurant and going all in for this food festival. The first year, the food festival attracted over 5,000 people, 5,000 people in one weekend to a food festival that was just created from nothing. I could just see it in my mind. It was so successful that we started attracting sponsors and people that wanted to get involved. 
Fast forward, that food festival attracted 30,000 people and brought in over $4 million in revenue for the local economy. It became one of the top food festivals in Canada. In fact, it was named top 10 by the Globe and Mail. We had media coming from all over the country to be a part of this food festival. We had sponsors. We had partners. It expanded so quickly with such grace and amazement to people watching. It was like it happened out of nowhere. Here is the thing. I always knew it would happen and I always knew it would be a success because I saw it in my mind first. I didn't need others to believe for me to believe. I believed. I didn't know the how and I didn't know really that it would become as big. I just knew that I also was willing to adapt and make it so it became bigger and better every year. And this again is where you want to pivot. So anyone in business or anyone in a job, like I said, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And so after every food festival, I sat down and I looked at what went well. And I acknowledged our stakeholders, the participants, and then I looked for ways of improving it, not only from a place of like what was and noticing what could be better. I looked from the lens of the person attending the festival. So our clients, I looked from a lens of our partners, the chefs and restaurants and farmers that were involved. How could we make it better for them? Now I'm giving you clues now to look at what you're currently doing and the product and services that you're offering. I encourage you to take a look from the consumer's lens point. How, what would make the experience that you're offering better for them? How can you meet the expectations that they have in a growing market? Now, I'm speaking quite vague because I know there's many listeners on the call. I know some of you have bricks and mortar businesses and others have product uh, service-based businesses. It's okay. It's the same questions. You just want to get into the mind of your consumer. And this is exactly what we're doing in the bottom line program. I'm going to show you how to get into the mind of your consumer. If you can view your product and service from your consumer's point of view, it's actually eye-opening. And take yourself through exactly the experience that your consumer, and if you aren't an entrepreneur, remember your client is your boss or your manager. So take them in your mind's eye through the experience that they receive in your store or in your business, if it's bricks and mortars or online, take yourself through that process and notice any gaps or any opportunities, ways that you can increase your service to make the experience better for the consumer. 
and notice what happens. Your mind might say, ah, well, I like that'd be, that's a nice idea, but I can't do that because of X, Y, Z. Well, let go of any of the ideas of can't. It doesn't matter if you can or you can't right now. I just want you to be able to capture ideas on how to enhance the product, how you can enhance what you're currently offering to better meet the expectations of the consumer. This is huge. Now, when I was working with the food festival, this is exactly how I expanded. I got to really know what the consumer was looking for because I was that consumer. Now, the reality is your clients are most likely very similar to the way you were just a few years ago. The reason why you are so good at servicing these people is because you can relate to them. You can get into your own mind and view the world from their place. The people that you're helping, you're helping them because you've been there. Wouldn't you agree? So I want you to get into the minds of the person that you're helping And what are they looking for? How can you be of more service? So this is exactly what I did in the food festival years. And we ended up not only taking over the, in Stratford down by the river, the food festival involved, it was so good, by the way, the food festival is called Saver Stratford and it involved a live music. We showcased music and um, local artists from the community on a main stage. It was outdoors. And we had a beer tent across from it. And this is back in 2008. And we only served local food and beverages at the entire festival. So back in 2008, there were only a couple craft brewers at the time. And so you know, Mill Street, Creamore, we had Stratford Brewing Company, there weren't very many. And then we of course had Ontario wine. So that was available, non-alcoholic drinks. This meant that there was no Coca-Cola. So our food vendors at the festival had to only offer local beverages. And pretty much the only thing that was available back then, the first one anyway, was local apple cider. So this is what we served. And in the beginning, the consumer wasn't really ready for it. You know, they were used to their Molson beer, not craft beer. And so we did get a few complaints and I held strong to the vision. I knew that local food was important. I had just been to Italy the months prior and for slow food. And I saw the movement. I was so passionate about the movement of local food that I knew that it was a thing. So we also at this food festival had a local farmer's market and I encouraged the farmers to move from their normal place on a Saturday and come down by the river and set up shop there. And so the Saturday morning we had our farmer's market down by the river. It was so beautiful. And then we had food vendors that partnered with these local farmers to offer things like ribs and Um, there was pulled pork and all local food again, partnered with the farmers to offer barbecue items for all the consumers that were there. We had a kid's tent that was like food art and learning about food and gardening and how to grow your own food and nutrition. 
And then we had a very special event on the Sunday afternoon. It was called the Saver Stratford Tasting. And this is where we paired farmers and chefs. And this was in celebration of the Stratford Chef School and the graduates of the Stratford Chef School. So we invited chefs from all over Ontario to come back to Stratford to pay homage to their 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 school, the Stratford Chef School, where they graduated. And we were celebrating the chef school at that time's 25th anniversary. And we had a tasting event and it was absolutely beautiful. It was in this white tent, very elevated and luxurious. And the chefs and farmers, they created these small bites where people went around and they tasted, they had samples from different booths. And the chef was proud to showcase the food of the local farmer and the local farmer stood by the chef sharing and talking about their product. We had Ontario wines and craft beer, ciders as well. And it was absolutely beautiful. The weather that weekend was incredible. Now I share this because it was a huge manifestation. I saw it in my mind and the food festival happened. I had no idea how, and it happened. I attracted to me all that I needed to make that festival happen. From the volunteers, we had 500 volunteers, from the volunteers, the person who supplied the tents, to the bartenders, to the musicians, the person who organized the musicians, the person that organized the food, the kids' tent. It was all a manifestation. And when I got into harmony with this vision, the people just came and together we made it happen. It was not just me. I just had the vision and I continued to share the vision and I stayed open to attracting all that I needed. So that first festival, we broke even, we made a little bit of money for the next year and it went off beautifully, I have to say. And the following year, I just wanted to make it bigger and better. And that's what we did. The festival went, continued to go on for many, many years. And I was the director of it. And then I was headhunted to work for the province of Ontario, the Ontario Culinary Tourism Alliance, a not-for-profit that helped other regions develop product and programs just like I developed for Stratford. So I became the director of product development and it was my job to then travel around the province, helping regions develop programs and products and enhance what they already had to attract tourists and to meet the expectations of the food tourists. I would go from business to business and help business owners enhance their offerings so that they could become a food tourism destination. So. This is where I'm bringing these skills to the bottom line program. I, I'm thinking it's because of, you know, my past career, but this just comes so naturally to me that I'm able to look at what you're currently doing and expand your offerings with you, come up with ideas and brainstorm and get into the mind of the, of your consumer. So during the bottom line program, I'm going to take you through the steps that I used to take the businesses and the regions through 
so that you can also expand your offerings. And when you expand your offerings, you expand your bottom line, you increase your revenue. I'll be doing this in a group, one module a week for the next six weeks. And we kick it off on November 8th. So if you haven't yet registered, I encourage you to go to the link in the show notes and register. This program is worth thousands, if not ten thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. I helped a business, Donna, who had who has a gym. I helped her expand her offerings in 2020, and her income has six since risen to over six figures a month. Why? Because she's offering diverse offering. She's not just doing one thing. She's meeting the expectations and she's expanded her pro- product to meet the expectations of her, her consumer. And with increased revenue streams, it means increased money, increased money for you. It doesn't mean that you've got to do more. And if you are, you'll attract the people to help you pull that off. So I'm also holding a hot seat. Now it's only for a select number of people. I'll be putting you on the hot seat and actually using your business as the example. I'll brainstorm directly with you in front of our group. And I'm only taking 11 different businesses to look at over the six weeks. So if you would like that in order to be on the hot seat and have a guaranteed spot, you register for that in advance. You can register when you purchase the program. It's a bump offer, or you can register on your own, but do it quickly because those spots will sell out. Now, ah, let me tell you about Saver Stratford. Saver Stratford became so big that I had chefs asking to be featured. I had sponsors asking to be featured. And at the end, a few years later, we received massive sponsorship from General Electric GE. We received sponsorship that allowed our food festival to eventually attract over 30,000 people, like I said, and $4 million in revenue to the local economy. We ended up going from just around the river to taking over the downtown core of Stratford for an entire weekend. There were people coming from all over Canada to be at this food festival and even Northern parts of the States. It was incredible. People saw Stratford as a food destination because of this event. The businesses that were here and were part of the festival at the time, they were then being featured in magazine articles, interviews, um, TV programs of chefs that were notable Canadian chefs. I'm so proud of what we developed and wouldn't have happened without leveraging my imagination, and mindset principles that I now teach. It wouldn't have grown if I didn't understand how to develop programs and products to meet the expectations of the people coming to the festival. This is exactly what I want to show you. You cannot stay the same. And right now, this time, it's important that you pivot because the world is pivoting. Are you going to be left behind or will you pivot? and develop products and programs that take you to the next level. 
I know you can. Join me in the bottom line. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Prosperity Practice. You may not have known that about me. And I look forward to showing you a different part, more strategy piece to the work that I've done and who makes up Danielle Amos. Thank you for listening and expect abundance.